Next, on News for the Soul, Bridging Realms with Becca. Becca believes our pain has the power to set us free if we are brave enough to access it. As is a survivor of sexual, physical, and emotional abuse, she used shadow work and her ability to communicate with spirit in the unseen realms to move through helplessness, self-blame, and humiliation and reclaim her life. Through training in energy healing and shadow work, energy tantra, and archetypal embodiment, Becca now uses her knowledge to empower other women to unleash their own power, speak their truth, and reclaim full acceptance of who they are. Please welcome Becca back to News for the Soul. Heidi Ho there. I am Miss Becca Honeycutt, survivor, shadow worker, and sassy badass. And the work that I share with you guys on these little sassy um, podcast situations are work that I learned due to my own experience of um, abuse as a child and how spirit showed me how to use the pain I was dealt to make me stronger, get me out of survival mode and back to the truth of who I am and being able to experience all the things that I wanted that I couldn't from survival mode. And now I help women turn the shame and self-blame from childhood abuse into unapologetic confidence in 90 days um, so that they can fully express and be loved and accepted for who they are. So today we are going to chat about letting go. And I usually invite calls during the show, but today we were having some technical difficulties. So there are not going to be the ability for you guys to call in today. Um, so I'll just tune into what I can as it arises, and hopefully we will have the ability to chat um, in a couple of weeks from now. So um, here we go. <clears throat> Today we're going to chat about letting go. And um, I, it's really funny. I was all up in Instagram's business this morning for a hot minute, and uh, somebody had this video of this cat like climbing up a rock climbing wall which I've never seen this thing. I've never seen that happen before. And this cat made it all the way to the top and not without some trouble. It kept um, like slipping off things and um, it didn't ever hit the ground. It just, it kept on going. And I don't know, but there was something about this cat that was like, we're going to talk about letting go today because what I was getting when I was watching this cat climb the rock wall is that it had to let go of its ideas about how it was going to get to the top every time it started to slip. And for some reason, that just brought this to mind. Um, And so I wanted to talk about this with you guys today. So a lot of the times, like letting go, we try to grip so tight or hold on so tightly to things that we are attached to. Um, A lot of the times we can think that we want these things. Maybe we we should want these things. Maybe we're holding on to people, jobs, houses, um, the trajectory we imagine our life should be going or the, uh, the way we want our life to go. And the interesting thing about this is like, I don't know about you, but when I hold super tightly and know that I'm not perfect. So it doesn't mean I know how to do this um, perfectly. I still catch myself doing it. But when I hold super tight to like a trajectory or an outcome in my life, 
it starts to make me more miserable, right? And I know a lot of people experience this, where it's like something that, that you got into because it felt like fun, like singing or playing in a band or whatever the hell it was, and you were so lit up to do it. And then halfway through, it starts to feel like homework and pressure and, oh, my God, I, I can't get it right, and I'm failing, right? I know, like, everybody knows what I'm talking about here. We've all had, I think it's a universal experience, some version of this, okay? Part of the reason that this happens is because what was inspirational and fun and energetic and um, creation in the moment flowing through us that gave us this idea to pursue whatever it is we're pursuing was the fun part. It's what lit our soul up. It's what tickled that little child inside of us that was like, yeah, and got her or him on board to go do this. We were excited about it, right? Without our little child, inner child being lit up, that's where our excitement comes from, in my opinion. Um, And then what happens is the conditioned adult part of us, once we realize we're good at it or we like it or whatever, starts trying to put like achievement on that thing, right? Oh, well, you should be doing this for money. Oh, well, you need to make sure that person's your boyfriend. Oh, well, you should, well, he's really great. We should do this or whatever it is, right? There's a story. There's an arc. Oh, we should. Oh, this should. Okay? The minute that happens and we follow that thread, usually unconsciously without even thinking about it, that is when we lose access to that little child who was so excited about it. It starts to become about our internal parental pressure to perform and less about the experience of the inner child just playing and having fun. Can you feel that? Yes. Okay. So there's um, – this, this, the way through this, if you want to stay in the, in the connection and the fun and the excitement part of this, is to start bringing awareness to the place we go unconscious around it, which is right in the middle of that story. Oh, my God, this is so much fun. I should be able to make a living at it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this idea, okay? There's nothing wrong with that idea or, oh, my God, I really love this person so much. Like, let's be in a relationship. That's fine. There's no wrong here. It's just notice where pressure starts to come in and push play out. That's what I want you to pay attention to. When did it stop becoming fun and start becoming painful? Or a have to, or a should, or an expectation, or an attachment. Okay? It's when you're in the land of creation and doing things for fun, you're really not attached to an outcome other than the fact that it's like you get to do it, right? Like Disneyland. Oh, my God, we get to go to Disneyland tomorrow. I'm so excited. And maybe you'll plan which ride you go on and all this other thing. You have a little agenda of what you want to do. But if it doesn't happen in the right order and you still go to Disneyland most of the time as a child, you're not disappointed. You still got to go, you know, and there's still fun around these things. So what I'm trying to point out is the minute we get attached to something in that pressurized way, attached to an outcome, we strangle the hell out of all the fun that we're having in the creative moment. We basically strangle creativity to death. 
And creativity doesn't live well most of the time in pressure, pressurized situations of it has to look like this. It has to turn out like that. It should become this, right? Creativity doesn't have the ability to flow when it's being strangled to death. Like nobody does, right? Picture a, um, like a garden hose, right? You've got um, the water flowing through it. You've turned on the faucet. It's flowing through. You strangle the hell out of that hose, and if the water is the creativity, it's backing up till the house explodes if you're that strong, right? It, it will eventually come out sideways, but it can't flow through the hose and just water whatever you point it at in the way that it wants to flow. So the way through this is to start to pay attention to where your creative impulses or creativity starts to become pressurized by the ideas your mind is having about what it should be. And all of this like should be, have to, blah, 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 whatever. When I say those words, these are all restrictions. Can you feel the limitation in your body if I tell you, like, you have to go to work tomorrow or you have to go to to Disneyland tomorrow? Can you hear that even though it's Disneyland, it takes the fun out? You have to go to Disneyland tomorrow. Not get to. You have to. There's an expectation. Now there's a pressure. Oh, God, how am I going to get out of work? How am I going to do this? How am I going to... Oh, there comes all the stress. It is an automatic trigger to the defensive mind or survival mind or defensive mind, whatever you want to call it. All limitation is going to trigger your defenses in survival mode. So, and I can hear several thousand people's minds just ask the question, okay, great. How do I get out of defensive mind? Oh, look what you did. You just put pressure on yourself. It's a little twisty sword like that, this space that I'm talking about, which is why it's so hard to do. This is not easy to do. If it were easy, we'd all have done it by now and there would be no need for me to be talking about this with you guys today, right? It's not an easy thing because it's our nervous system is wrapped around the attachment to safety and control. Most of us have been in conditions in that place, all right? This am I safe, am I not safe, has to do with our nervous system and our past experiences. And most of us walk through life like, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine. I'm going to make a blanket generalized statement because um, I'm thinking we're all human. It's got to be a universal experience. Pretty much all of us have been through something we didn't want to go through in our life. You know, unless you're like five right now. And if we've experienced something we didn't want to experience and our nervous system was activated when that happened, there was a part of our mind that then made up the story. I have, I want to, have to, must avoid the pain of whatever this is ever happening to me in the future. Okay. And it's automatic. Like this happens without you even actively, consciously noticing that you're thinking about this. It's an automatic response. It's how part of, partly due to how we're conditioned, um, how our minds have been trained to work, 
how our nervous systems have been trained by our environment. Everything we read in the news, see in the news, see on television, blah, blah, blah. It's all conditioned us to do this. Okay? But this is when I talk about like bridging realms, right? We move from from the known to the unknown, from the seen to the unseen. This is what I'm talking about. There's so much more of you and who you are and who makes you up, what makes you up as a human in the unseen realms than you have been led to believe. And your nervous system is the biggest switch that you have the ability to affect to shift you from being, having this be unconscious to actually moving it into the conscious, which means everything I don't know that I'm thinking about that's affecting and running my life on a level that I can't see and I don't even know and it's automatic and, oh, my God, my mind made associations to, oh, I see this trigger. I know how my nervous system is going to react. I'm going to let my nervous system react in fear. I'm going to feel the fear. I'm going to notice the story's not true. And when my system is done doing this, I am going to have, give myself a new experience. Hey, all righty. It looks like we actually have, may possibly have access to phoneness. So I am going to try to take a call right now. Um, area code 516. Are you available? Did you have a question? I'm not hearing anything. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that it didn't, we, we can't connect. Um, hold on once. Yeah, okay. Not working. We have confirmed that it doesn't work. So, you know, I don't know what to do about that. We're just playing with stuff. But see, I could easily be super attached, Right. I could easily be super attached to, oh, my God, what am I going to do without callers? I'm going to freak out. I, have not, I don't have anything to talk about today. I don't know what to do if I don't have interactions. You should have people. Maybe you shouldn't do the show because we're not going to have people, right? That could all have gone through my mind today. And as a former recovering control freak, would have gone through my mind maybe even just last year, okay? Oh, kitty cat. But... I've run, I've done so much work on the parts of myself that I know I have access to and that I have worked to have access to, to shift that to where I can hear this morning, hey, we don't have the ability to take callers. Are you cool with that? And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." I didn't even know if I was going to have the ability to come on here and do the show with you guys today. So, and what did I do? I just sat down, tuned into my body. And I was like, how does this feel today? And I was like, well, if this is what spirit's doing, is like playing the unknown. Maybe you won't have a show. Maybe you will. Maybe there'll be callers. Maybe there won't. Are you willing to be messy and show up anyway? I'm like, yeah. If that's what I'm being called to in the present moment, hell yeah. I'm a yes to show up for that, and I'm simply going to follow my yes. If something in me was like, no, nah, I'd rather, you know, take a nap, then I would have done that. But the call on my heart today to show up, whether I could talk to people or not, was, yes, people need this message. Yes, this is universal. Yes, people need to hear this right now. So I'm like, okay, well, then I'll just show up and I'll do whatever. Right? Down to the point where I have somebody texting me going, hey, let's try this. Can you see if you can take a call right now? 
okay, let's do that. And then it doesn't work, right? It's just, but can you feel, I use myself as an example for this, but can you feel how in the moment that puts me? And not like, look at me, I'm in the moment. But I'm trying to give you guys an example of flow versus constriction, right? An example, I'm using myself to give you an example of what is possible when you can let go of the need to control your surroundings or to be perfect or to get it right or to whatever the hell you want to fill in with the rest of my statements. We all have this. So my question to you is where, where are you hanging yourself up? Where do you have a hard time letting go? And of like something you actually would want to let go of, okay? Where it's like I'm trying to have more flow in my life, but I can't let go of control of trying to control people. Oh, yeah, I see how that hurts. Like my whole heart just constricted when I said that. Which to me lets me know I hit somebody right in the heart. Like this is true for someone. But the truth is, if I'm able to, if I'm controlling somebody, quote unquote, because really that's not a thing that we can do. They, I'm not, I'm not willing to be in a relationship with someone for who they are. You have to show up a certain way in order to be in my world. I am limiting them. I am restricting them. I am asking them to be someone other than who they are in order for me to feel safe enough to allow them to show up because maybe I can't be in connection if you don't behave a certain way. Maybe I've had too much trauma and people that show up outside of what I feel safe in like is a big no, I can't do it. And I'm not making you wrong for that. I'm saying I'm noticing that you're in trauma. I see that you're afraid. And when you start to let go, like if something is really happening to you right now, like clearly if you're in an abusive relationship or something like that, you are not safe. So anybody where that's actually untrue and you actually are in an unsafe situation, I am not speaking to you. I am speaking to the people who have been in very unsafe situations and maybe it's been a decade, two decades, three decades since you've been in that situation, yet your system and your nervous system are reacting as if you are still in that situation. Those are the people that I'm talking about. If you are in an unsafe situation, please get help to get out. Okay? There's lots of places to do that online. But for those of you who are still stuck, your nervous system is still stuck in the survival mode place of, I'm on high alert, uh, oh my God, that tree rustled in the distance and I, I held my breath and I can't breathe and I feel like a bomb's going to go off. This is PTSD. And this is what happens to most people who have been through some form of trauma. It doesn't have to be sexual abuse, all that kind of stuff. It could be something that seems very normal to you. Like normal, normal, normal stuff. I don't even like, I don't know. Cars backfired. You've been in a car accident that wasn't super massive. You, any little thing can give you PTSD. It just depends on how your specific nervous system reacted to it. We all have a variant on that scale. 
Some of us are like, big, scary things can happen, and it's like, eh, yeah, whatever. It doesn't phase people, and other people, it's like the tiniest thing can turn you into high alert all the time. And most of the people that I deal with have been in a state of hypervigilance for decades, and they don't know how to calm their nervous system down. This is what I'm talking about. These people, of which I was one, we use our nervous system to keep us out of harm's way. But the stories that our minds tell, about, tell us about that are attached to what we can't control. So they're constantly saying, oh, my God, if this is out of your control, you need to tighten up. You need to restrict more. You need to judge more. You need to control more. You need to don't breathe, hold this, until we're strangling ourselves physically, energetically, spiritually, right? And the mind is the thing that's running the show, but it has no idea how to get you out of this. And it's usually when the mind is like the last thing to go, this is why we have dark nights of the soul. It's because the the mind is running the show. And when the body has given us all kinds of clues to you need help, you need help, and we've said no or ignored it or didn't know how to listen or whatever, the mind will get overwhelmed. And when the mind gets overwhelmed, that's when we're like, I'm in a dark night of the soul. My old tools aren't working. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm going crazy. I'm losing my mind. Help me, help me, help me. Right? That's usually when people get to my doorstep. It's the same thing as like having a um, toxic body you know if you've got um a lot of health issues or whatever and you know how the body works where it's like well this organ backs up then this organ backs up then your liver backs up and then got things trying to leave your skin and all this other kind of stuff and it's like at some point your body shuts down because the last organ in there can't filter out the bad crap this is the energetic version or the emotional version of what happens, at least in my world. So when we're talking about letting go, it's, it, it can become, there's so many ways to do this. You can do it as a game. I try to find the path of least resistance through any hard thing, right? Because I know when I say, let go of control or learn how to let go. The first thing that's going to happen, depending on how your mind, how in control of you your mind is, is it's going to flip the hell out. Don't listen to this girl. She doesn't know what she's talking about. This is dangerous. Um, that'll call me all kinds of things, which is super fine. But if your mind is telling you those stories, trying to, quote, unquote, figure out how to let go of, out of, of control, it's going to pit you at it's going to pit you against yourself. It's going to keep you fighting yourself because you, part of you that wants to let go and have more ease is going to have to fight the mind to do it, right? Can you feel that? And the last thing, there's no way out that way. It's a double bind. It'll bind you up against yourself, which is still another trick of the mind in order to keep you stuck in where you are but make it look like you're doing something about it. So I try to find the path of least resistance. And the path of least resistance that I like to use the most is play, right? So you can play whenever you want. 
You don't have to play all the time. There's no, I have to be out of control by Friday at 5 p.m., right? Because then here we are with more limitations. Control. We're worrying about letting, we're talking about letting go. So no, I don't care when or, or what, you know, what date and time you get out of whatever it is. This is not a goal-oriented thing. This is let's ease the stress on your nervous system, right? So even if for one breath we can ease that today, let's freaking do it because that's still a step in, in the next direction, even if you go right back into control within the next breath, okay? That is not a failure. You're not going to shift it once and be done. That is a falsehood and a lie of perfectionism. I should be able to do it once and know how it works. No. Another way to control chaos. So let's play. So how I play with this is when you notice you're in control, that's going to be one of the first things, in controlling this, controlling that, um, or maybe you want to, put an alarm on your phone once a day at a certain time to go, oh, I'm going to play for like five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, two seconds with letting go of control. You do that, it's going to change your life. Even if you do it for like five seconds a day and you put an alarm on your phone every day, you are, it's going to start to build a new pathway in your nervous system and things will ease up. So I would highly suggest that if you're looking for something consistent, that's not going to, you know, go, oh, it's homework, I have to, right? It's play. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to be like, what's something you like to control and pick something easy and stupid? Not like, I try to control my mom, you know, whatever. Don't pick relationships with people right now. Start with something easy like, I have to tap my toothbrush three times after I Get, to get the water off. It has to be three. Can't be five, can't be four, can't be two, right? For those of my OCD people, I <laughs> had that for a while. Whatever it is, that's just something stupid. You know, I turn the con- television on at 5 p.m. every day, and if I don't, I freak out. Whatever it is that freaks you out, and then we're just going to go, I'm going to play today and see what is it like if I tap my toothbrush eight times. <gasps> Let's see what happens, Right? And make it fun. Like, I like to practice defiance. That's one of my little firepowers that I have. I'm a defiant, willful, little human. Um, And I love that about me. (laughs) Not so much what um, other people loved about me growing up. But I love that part. So for me, I love pissing shit off. So it's like if I can piss off my OCD, I'm going to fucking do it. I like seeing, like, let's just fuck with you and see what happens. I get a lot of joy from that. And it is a really big piece of my shadow that I love to play in. So for me, when I had to learn, I spent three years playing let's get out of control with myself because I was a huge control freak, massive judger, and saw everything through the lens of judgment. Spirit was like, "Mm, let's work on that. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. I'm terrified. This freaks me out. This is how we did it. Let's play. We're going to play with where you like to control. Oh, you know, what was it? My mom, my mom said something and I didn't, I played relationships like where I would control in relationships. 
mom and daughter ones, the really hard one for a lot of <laughs> a lot of women on the planet. Um, there's a lot of charge around that, and me and my mom do not see eye to eye on a lot of things. And so I did use that, but instead of bringing it into our relationship, I brought it into my relationship with what I kept trying to control in her. Okay, so I wasn't trying to change her. I would notice when she'd say something, it would tick me off. My normal response would be to push back with that. And then I'd go, we're going to play with this. I'm not going to push back the way I normally do. I'm just going to sit here and watch it unravel when I don't respond. What happens then? See, now it's like I get to be defiant, but I'm doing it with myself, with my own reactions. I'm not changing her. I'm changing my reaction to her to see what happens. So I'm playing with that in myself. Does this make sense? And that is how I do it for me. I would change my relationship to whatever it is that I wanted to control. So, and yeah, it completely affected our relationship um, in a, for me, a really great way. Because what I learned when I started to do that was that I felt more solid because I was the one who broke our pattern of bickering. I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time. I was just like, I'm going to change my reaction. That's all I knew. I was like, normally I fight back. I'm just going to stop. And I'm just going to go quiet. And I'm just going to leave the room. And I'm going to see what happens. That's all I did. I'm not going to fight. I'm not even, although everything in me was pulling me like, hit it back, hit it back. Tell her what's wrong. No, I'm going to stop. And I'm going to just shut down. And I'm going to observe what happens to the energy in me that wants to fight to our relationship when I don't continue that pattern and I'm just going to be quiet and notice what happens. My heart, had a, I was like, my heart wanted to jump out of my body so hard. And I remember it was so hard not to do that where it's like, I want to raise my hand and say this and, I, and I'm going to die if I don't do it. Yeah, no, you're not going to die. It was hard to watch my bodily reactions tell me to do something and my let's play with Let's play with control. And my play said, don't react. Let's see what happens when you don't react. Let's find it. It gave room for a place for my anger to go somewhere. So instead of fighting my mom and my anger that would go back into it, it was about rerouting that for me. So that same, like, I hope I'm explaining this in a way you can understand it. Um, But that energy of fight, I have a lot of fight energy in me. And I used to get that out on my mom all the time because <laughs> she's really good at picking fights with me. So we'd go at it. So when she would say something and my energy of fight wanted to like push back on her and go, uh, my little thing where I would be like, mm, let's see what happens when we don't push back. Can you feel the defiance and how I'm doing that? I'm going to piss I'm going to use the same energy that I would push back to piss her off in order to piss off the pattern and not react. So for me, it was, I still got to run the energy that needed to run through my body, that energy of pissed off, fuck you, whatever. I just wasn't running it in the same pattern of fighting with her. I was running it in a pattern of defiance of not speaking. Not 
fighting, breaking pattern. And while I'm playing, because I'm playing in it, there's no pressure on my heart. Because for me, that's, I run everything that comes out of my heart. It was more of a like, let's see how this goes. <laughs> I got to have that little devil cranky thing in me that likes to fuck around, still run around and play. I was not putting restriction on that energy. So play worked for me. And eventually, over time, it was really funny, but my mom learned she can't trigger me anymore. So now there's nothing to fight about, which ironically pisses her off because that's how she knows how to do relationship. But which, you know, gives my little evil devil inner person that likes to piss people off a happy, fun twist at the end. But that's not the reason I did it. I did it to break my own pattern of control. I did it to break my own patterns of where I'm losing my energy. Because every time I fight back with my mom, what is the truth about what I'm doing in here? Do I really want to fight? No, that's surface level bullshit. Yeah, I have the energy of fight in my system. What am I really looking for? I'm looking for love and connection. Am I going to get it by fighting? No. Oh. Right? There's some deeper levels of stuff. We miss that. We miss what it is we're really wanting from things. We get into these patterns and we just go unconscious around it. She picks a fight. I fight back. This is how we love each other. Right? There's, I'm not the only one that has this, and this is not the only way this shows up. There are so many unconscious ways that we love each other, quote, unquote, that really suck our energy. I don't know about you, but I don't want to do that anymore. I don't, I don't ever want to do that. I have more power in my body when I don't leech my energy in that way, when I don't actively participate in allowing my energy to be leached. And I am, when I was fighting with her, even though it was unconscious, my system was actively participating in allow, in giving her my energy. And I felt exhausted afterwards and I hate it. I'd come home and I'd be sad and I'd cry and I'd get angry and I'm like, why can't we just have a normal human mom and mother-daughter relationship where she loves me and I love her? This is my lesson. And honestly, if I didn't have the relationship that I've had with her, I wouldn't have learned half the crap I've learned. So I am freaking grateful as hell for it. Right? My little inner child, yeah, would she have loved to have the perfect mom growing up who, you know, supports this and does this and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, great. But I wouldn't be the fire, cranky, defiant shadow worker in front of you if I'd had that. And I like who I am, so I, I give gratitude for the experiences that I have had that have made me who I am. That is how I justify my life. That is how I feel good about who I am. That is how I connect to my own power. Right? Because the truth is, I said justify, but I don't have to justify who I am. I feel who I am all the time. As long as I'm telling the truth of what I'm feeling in any moment, I am with myself. When I have to rip somebody else apart to be seen, I'm leeching energy. When I have to pretend to be something other than I am, I'm leeching energy. 
I'm saying that I don't matter, that I am less than, that I have to show up a certain way for you in order for me to feel like I am worthy or I love myself. This is what controlling others' circumstances, everything outside of us does. It leeches your energy. It builds these stories that aren't true and that your nervous system reacts to of you're, you're not good enough. You should do better. You should get it right. You should be more successful. No, all of that is leeching your energy. It's simply your mind trying to fix things according to the constructs it learned in this world about how to validate yourself. But the truth is when we take our power back from everything outside of ourselves, and we start proving to ourselves that we exist, not because it's like, if I do this, I prove to myself I exist, but to listen to yourself. What would make you feel seen right now? For you, with you, to you. Not, I have to make this person see me. Fuck that. How can you show up with yourself in a way where you see yourself? Where do you constantly run from yourself? Places you feel you're unworthy. What if you started just playing, giving yourself that worth instead of seeking it from outside of you, knowing, mm, I am not feeling good today. So instead of forcing myself to go to work, I am literally going to like see myself, love on myself and go, honey, I see that you're sick right now or that you're tired or that you're exhausted or you just need a freaking mental day and you have every right to take it. I'm calling and we're staying home today. What if you gave yourself that kind of permission? Right? I mean, yeah. Can you feel the difference? It slows everything down. There's no more hustling. All of a sudden, there's getting curious. There's listening. There's staying with yourself. Now the energy is moving from you toward you. Instead of from you grasping everything you think you have to control. Where you're like this octopus with all these tentacles out there trying to, your energy is going to all of those things. What happens if you just let go and pull all those tentacles right back toward yourself and put them on your heart and go, ooh, I see you. Oh, I want to listen to you. Oh, nervous system. God, I see how much you've been working overtime to try to help me out. I'm so sorry I didn't see you. I'm so sorry I haven't come in here. I am so sorry I haven't seen my own self, my own system, my own inner child. What can I give to you? How can I love you? How can I show up for you today? How can I nurture you? How can I support, encourage that little bud of creativity that wants to express him or herself? That gets excited at the thought of this or that and just wants to play. Right? Even if it's just for one minute, one breath, two seconds, five minutes. Set your timers. I dare you to set your timers for like 30 days. At a time where you know you have nothing to do. Set your little alarm to go off at a certain time of day and label it play with letting go of control or play with supporting my inner child 
but I want you to literally play. Like even if you have to go back into your mind when you were playing with Barbies or whatever and go, oh my God, yeah. Get into that energy and run in that energy even if it's for a few seconds. It will change your entire freaking life in ways that get you closer to everything that you want or at least something that you want. I can't guarantee you're going to get everything, but it moves you toward what you're craving, what your heart is craving without the restriction and the pressure of having to get it right or worrying about how to let go of control because we're done right now with figuring out how to get out of or how to let go. We're in the place of learning how can I, it's really how do I expand? How can I flow? Right? It isn't about fixing anything. It's about changing, completely changing direction. And are you willing to do that? To completely shift something or break a pattern or whatever. Play with breaking patterns. Brush your teeth with your left hand. Like stupid stuff. Brush your hair with your left hand. Even doing that for 30 days will completely shift a lot, some things. It starts changing things. But if you learn how to break patterns consistently in your life, you with you, it starts to build this self-confidence that you have been looking for outside of yourself and has been within the whole entire time. And you will start to feel it because it has never been anything you can get outside of yourself. It has only ever been within. But the stuff that has been telling us what's true has been lying to us about where to find this. And no one's been able to tell you how to shift it, how to shift to get what you're looking for back, to, to get it from yourself. Okay? So... I think I'm going to stop there today. But I hope you guys have enjoyed this. And if you guys have any questions or whatnot, um, or you want to know some more stuff, always feel free to reach out to me at um, hello at darkgoddessacademy.com. That's my email address. I will be happy to answer questions. Um, And uh, have yourselves a fabulous, two weeks and I'll see you in a little while. All right. Bye. The News for the Soul Radio Network airs daily and our archives are always totally free. Go to newsforthesoul.com to join the next live show now. That's newsforthesoul.com. begins its 27th year in January 2024. Find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com.